Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. We've been talking about books, we've been talking about TV shows, we've even been talking about video games. But today we go back to where it all began for both Star Wars and this podcast because we are finishing out our review of all the movies in the Skywalker saga. Today we're talking about The Rise of Skywalker. That all that and more with myself, Paul Hoppy, and Ashley Coffin after this commercial break that the Emperor has probably come back from the dead to control what ads you listen to. But we have absolutely no control over <laughs> <laughs> welcome back my name is matthew your host uh one of my two guests today i'm really excited about because she was a regular part of star wars stuff for a while especially when we were talking about the, some of the movies and mandalorian uh animated not her bags we've not had her on for a while but i'm so glad to bring back <laughs> ashley coffin ashley Yay. how are you feeling today how are you feeling I'm about really the movie watching uh, I've got some thoughts about the movie, but I'm really <laughs> glad to be back here. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I think the three of us have always had a, a great dynamic uh, in terms of the different perspectives we bring. Obviously, our third musketeer is Paul Hoppy. Paul, how are we doing tonight? I think of myself as more of a D'Artagnan, but um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is still one of the musketeers. Oh, yeah, no, he's the fourth. Okay, that's right. Good. Right, Um No, I'm You're very happy man to be out. back right. here yeah. with, with the two of you. Uh, I perhaps am only on here with the two of you because it's with the two of you not that there isn't anyone else that i would be happy to discuss it with but that's i actually subjected myself to this movie for a i think third time now um and actually i have a lot to say as i know is shocking to everyone but uh (laughs) only some of it's bad so you know fair and i'm looking forward to that because i think i am on record as not being the biggest (laughs) fan of this movie um uh and I'll probably get into some reasons why. But I think in talking with you both, I've, I've come to have at least a better understanding of what it is that other people like about it and a framework that I can use to help me at least appreciate parts of it. Um, God, that sounds like I'm, I, you know, like, no. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think I'm not even going to pretend. <laughs> so and let's just start there. So kind of your general thoughts on the movie. Uh, Ash, why don't you go first? You know, so it's hard because there are a lot of things about these three movies that I do enjoy, but part of it might just be like, I'm so shallow and I just really like Adam Driver. So I might gaslight myself that I just enjoy these movies because that's what I was feeling when I was watching this. I'm like, I don't care about anything else going on in this damn movie, except for like the main plot here. Like when they're on the other planets and they're trying to make all these other storylines and and then it's just like, all right, just just focus on what's happening and, and we're going to get to the end of the movie. And I don't, I don't know. There's just so many little things that mess up trying to stay like on track with what's happening, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, that totally <laughs> tracks. Oh, um, what about yourself? Oh, good. Yeah. Sorry. No, I that's okay. But I mean, but in the end, I mean, I still I enjoy lightsabers <clears throat> and TIE fighters. And it's pretty easy to get me to watch these movies over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for me, it's, like, the intro's very cool-looking, you know? Like, there's, like, you know, the... I don't know whether they're TIE Fighters or are they Bombers, but they, it, they look very cool. It's very dark and kind of red and black, and then, you know, Kylo Ren fighting all those people that I guess we know nothing about or their motivations, <laughs> except they're protecting this Wayfinder. We don't know why. But, like, it looks cool, you know? It's yeah. a badass lightsaber fight. Uh, against, I guess, people who don't have lightsabers. So maybe a little less badass. But, you know, and then going to Exegol. Like, it looks cool. I don't know. And the movie yeah. doesn't really waste a lot of time kind of getting to the point, you know? it Like, pretty much right off the bat, it sets up the question of, like, 
who is Rey as a central question, I think. And mm-hmm. then also, like, what does Kylo Ren want? Like, what's his deal? Like, what is he doing? You know? Um, and, you know, the Emperor is the mustache twirler to twirl all mustaches. And <laughs> <laughs> Again. <you know? laughs> right, exactly. And And I just, I feel like bringing the Emperor back makes this very much like a classic Star Wars movie, even if mm-hmm. it undermines you know, the original trilogy and yeah. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of stuff. But for me, like The Last Jedi already undermined kind of a lot of what I want out of the series. Right. And thus the entire post trilogy feels to me like it's non-canonical to like my personal understanding of Star Wars. Like I understand it is officially part of Disney's canon, right? right. But like, I don't care. And as a mm-hmm. result... This movie felt a little bit like Iron Fist season two to me, Ooh. where the thing that came just before it was like so disappointing that my expectations were so low that like they were actually greatly exceeded by the following product. And for me, this is just a median Star Wars film. You know, it's kind of a fun adventure. There's some cool lightsaber battles mm-hmm. and um, some stuff that's like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, for me, it's like it's better than the prequels. I like it better than The Last Jedi. Um, I don't like it as much as The Force Awakens. And um, I don't like it as much as the original trilogy. And like, better than Solo, worse than Rogue One. So it's like exactly the median Star Wars film for me. I agree with that. Yeah, I like this one better than um, The Last Jedi too, I think. Yeah. And I think that actually helps to set up um, exactly why we see this movie so differently. Because Last Jedi is arguably my favorite movie of... uh, Arguing my favorite Star Wars movie and probably in my top five of all movies all time. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. You know, and I, I think that, that what we're getting at there is probably a big part of who loves this movie and who or who, you know, is like fine this movie versus who doesn't really like it. Because I think good or bad, I think it's it's pretty clear. I think even J.J. Abrams has admitted this, you know, Ryan Johnson tried to take the things that were set up in The Force Awakens and take them in one very different, one very specific direction. And you can say that he was building off the things that Abrams set up in Force Awakens, or you can say he was changing the things. That's a whole other debate, which is, I think, legit. You can see it both ways. Mm-hmm. But then J.J. Abrams clearly like took a lot of the things that Johnson had set up and was like, nah, we're going to actually pull it back in this, in this other direction. Mm-hmm. And I, I hadn't really ever thought about it in quite these concrete terms, but I think that probably, I, I would bet that, there's a, that, that the number of people who loved Last Jedi and also liked this movie is probably fairly small. Mm-hmm. And the people who hated Last Jedi and thought this was at least fairly decent is also probably higher. Because I, I do think that there are, like, nowhere in this movie does anyone say a line of dialogue anywhere near as bad as half the lines that are in Attack of the Clones, you know? Hmm, right. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the yeah. acting is pretty pretty darn good in most cases the direction is fine that the action scenes are a lot of fun i don't think that it's a bad like we'll we'll get more into this in a second but i kind of think like if you just watch this movie just on its own as like a random space opera adventure Mm -hmm. it's a perfectly good movie Mm -hmm. um it's for me it just utterly fails as what i wanted it to be as a star wars movie because of how much it is I feel like it just it, it's basically saying, okay, Last Jedi is non-canonical, and so mm-hmm. we're now going to go in this totally different direction. But, you know, I think, I think it makes sense that if you have different reactions to Last Jedi, you'd feel that feel very differently. I totally agree with that. That, mm-hmm. that makes all the sense in the world to me. Yeah. 
Um, in fact, I will say the little bit of my like Schadenfreude enjoyment of this movie was that it was kind of like I had been so disappointed by Last Jedi and had expected to be before I even had any idea what it was about. I was just like, I have an idea where this movie's going and um, I'm not happy with it. Actually, in regards to that specific thing, I didn't even mind it as much, but like that I was like, ah, now you know how I feel like feeling like this story just kind of like goes in a direction that's like, no, that's that's not what I want out of this. Um, But at the same time, like, you know, I think it would have been better if one person or a group of people talking together and being very collaborative had come up with, you know, a plan for a trilogy (laughs) that was supposed to be kind of foundational in, in terms of, like, bringing the Star Wars saga to a close, or then they're like, well, it's the end of the Skywalker saga. But, like, that wasn't, like, clear, right? Is it, Or is it the end of the Palpatine saga? Like, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it it definitely suffers as a trilogy. Like, I don't even regard it as a trilogy. I regard it as three movies, two of whom were mostly made by one person and one was made by someone else, and there were some conversations involved. But yeah. uh, they, it's definitely not cohesive. I mean, I definitely kind of this something you were saying at the beginning. I've definitely heard from some some people I know who who disagreed with me on Last Jedi or more where you are, and who kind of liked this movie. And and one literally said to me, you know, look, it, it's kind of Schadenfreude. Like, mm. we we had to sit through you all talking about how much you know you love this movie that we thought was total garbage, and now we get to watch you be so upset about a bad Star Wars right. movie. And I was like, okay, that's <laughs> as long as being shared. Like, unfortunately, obviously, I think you know you have to name the combination of these two movies and the way people has felt about it has really brought up so much toxicity in the fandom. Mm-hmm. And oh, absolutely. it's part of why I'm glad we can talk about it in these kind of terms, but, yeah. but and so I'm not, I'm not saying that kind of stuff, but I think when it's good natured between friends, you know, <laughs> that level of like, yeah, now you get to have your heart broken the way I did with Last Jedi. is kind of right. Fair. I right. just love that you refuse to let the, the name of this movie like sit in your head. You're like the rise of, Oh, did I, I get can't... it wrong again? No, not yet, which has been pretty awesome. But, uh, <laughs> I was just like, I love, like, of all of them, that one, you're just like, nope, I don't even care to remember the name of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I think I've gotten it now, Rise of Sky, but you, you, but you totally freaked me out there because it is 100% possible that I said it as, like, you know, Revenge of Skywalker or whatever the hell I've called this movie in the past. Well, at some point they say something like, and then the Sith will get their revenge or, or Palpatine will get his revenge. And I'm like, oh, it's like they're making it sound like it's Revenge of the Sith. Wait, but that already happened, right? That was one. Yeah. I can't even get the, the name of the third movie right most of the time in the, the, the prequel episode mm-hmm. three. I'm like, whatever that was called. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lava planet. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, some of the things like that I did like about, well, I don't know, like, the things, one of the things that a lot of people very toxically somehow had a problem with with um, the the Last Jedi was uh, the introduction of Rose, the right. character played by Kelly Marie Tran, and and there was all sorts of hateful just spew that is absolutely disgusting. And one of the things I like least about Rise of Skywalker is they're just like you know there's there's a line where. Um, uh, she's explaining why she's not going to be in the plot, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But to me, like, I heard in my head, like, the general asked if I could be written out of the story because they thought there were too many characters in the adventuring party. But, yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's like in in The Last Jet. I don't know. It Like, in The Force Awakens, I felt like, you know, Rey and Poe 
and Finn had this dynamic and each of them had a, had a, some like kind of energy with each other. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in the last Jedi, I felt like they really went away from that. And Mm -hmm. that that's one of my critiques of that from sort of a different angle is like that they, you know, they maybe have a romance going between, you know, a white woman and a black man. And they're like, no, let's, uh, let's separate them. And they have like, um, they have Finn off doing something that seems kind of irrelevant to the plot to me off Mm -hmm. with Rose. Right. And then Mm -hmm. in this one, then they separate them and, you know, they kind of give Finn like a new friend to, to, you know, also have like a cool dynamic with. And I, I actually think that, Finn kind of has the most dynamics in the movies that I like throughout the mm-hmm. trilogy, but they kind of just keep like moving him like along to different people to interact with. And so I feel like we never quite get the depth out of that um, yeah. that I would like to see. Well, it reads just like abandoned storylines and plots and romances, <clears throat> things that they were setting up. And then they're just like, uh, you know what? Never mind. Uh, yeah, that they maybe never they won't notice. Off. Let's just give him a different girlfriend. Yeah. But right, exactly. We notice, like, what's happening. And, and like, and I think that's funny because I feel like, yeah, I, I absolutely can't stand what happened to Rosemary Tran. And, and I've heard different versions of this. I've heard one version of it is that, like, Disney kind of caved to all the toxic fan pressure and we're like, mm-hmm. maybe let's not have her be a big part. Or I've also heard that, like, the actress was like, look, I don't want to go through that again. Let me just right. have a small part reminding them there. You know, and, and either way, I think it's it's awful. And it's the, the toxic fans having that kind of power, which should never happen. And I don't think it's coincidence, though, that both her character and Finn, you know, the two main people of color, well, two of the three main people of color in mm-hmm. this movie, uh, get treated so poorly. And with Finn, it's funny because Finn's storyline is one of my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah. Especially because, and I, I'll admit it, like, even though I love Last Jedi, I think one of the things, I think Last Jedi is really where they started to lose who Finn was. Because Finn mm. kind of got to go on this fun journey in in Last Jedi with Rose, and I I don't mind that scene. I think it's a little heavy handed, but fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they let go of what I thought were the two most interesting parts. What they had set up with Finn, one of which is his being a potential Force user, and the other of which is the story of an ex stormtrooper. Yeah, and yeah, I love that. I mean, on the one hand, they kind of tease this whole thing of that he wants to tell Ray that he can use the Force, and like I wish that they had either committed to that or not done as much with it. Right. But I do love that we get to see Finn interacting with stormtroopers who mm-hmm. are also leaving, who know about what he did. It, to me, that was like such a great window into a world that Finn had originally offered us. And like, I'll, I'll say it as a positive. I think that is something I, I really liked in this movie. And it made me realize like, why didn't last Jedi pick up on that at all? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. That I, I thought that was something very interesting about Finn, both potentially being Force-sensitive and being a former Stormtrooper. Um, and they gave him, uh, I guess, the, the new character of Janna in this, mm-hmm. played by Naomi Aki, who's in the third season of uh, Master of None, in which oh, cool. is a very interesting i don't know i don't want to say too much about it i'm trying to get you to watch it at some point okay but um <laughs> uh that i've just been recently watching i was like oh she was you know but in this movie i i also feel like in rise of skywalker it's like oh there are black women in uh the star wars universe <laughs> you know like I, oh my god is she the first like actual named black woman character in- i think so i mean solo came out first and Carly Morgenthau was like 
part black or you know like mm-hmm. what, no, whatever yeah. you want to say has a part. you know she has oh. she has a you know she's a character she's a speaking character um now i can't remember the character's actual name but uh-huh. i forgot that she was even in that yeah she plays like the same character too Oh, I feel like I put that put that movie in a little jar back in the the back of my mind to never open again. (laughs) We we will at some point have to get to that one, and I may just Mm -hmm. that may just be like Paul and Ricky or like some other people I can get on. Yeah, I didn't hate that movie because I didn't care as much either. You know. Yeah. Um. No, I I think that's fair. So, what are other um just kind of some general terms? What other things people either either let's let's start with positives. What other things people really liked? Or at least thought were decent about this movie. Um, I like like Paul kind of said. I really enjoy um, Ray and Kylo Ren's lightsaber fight on the mm-hmm. Death Star. I just really like how tired they're getting and winded. I like when the the fights look real. Yeah. Um, I actually like. So everybody hates their storyline. I don't know if you want to get into that now or later, but I I like it. I like the little romance between them. Um, I think that they kind of set it up since the beginning. So I don't know why people were like, ugh. Why is this happening? <laughs> I mean, who cares? Everybody wants a little love. Of course they do. And of course those two are going to fall in love. I don't know. Yeah. I liked it. I thought that was cute. Yeah, I, I think up. I definitely want to get into that. I want to do just a little bit of kind of overview of like some good things some bad things. But then that's first on the list of specific topics. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah, the the I, I enjoyed that lightsaber. Um, one of my favorite parts of the movie is like, I think this whole forced dyad thing is ridiculous. And it just comes out of nowhere and whatever. But where she takes the lightsaber and holds it like behind her back, like she's gonna oh, strike Palpatine down, oh, and then he moment. pulls it out from behind him. I'm like, all right, it's worth having some forced dyad nonsense for like that <laughs> sequence right there. That was awesome. I yeah. like that whole end part. The when Palpatine shoots off that like amazing bolt of lightning up and like, oh, electrocutes all this. Yeah, I am so there for scenes like that. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it in the movie theater, being like, ooh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I definitely thought um, the way things looked on Exegol with the fleet, I thought was pretty badass. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the sounds and stuff, it was really cool. Yeah, like I hated the whole like all the Sith people chanting just because we didn't ever really get any explanation of like, is that like ghosts right. or those real people? Like, I what's think happening? those were people. Yeah, and it was, that was it was so dark I couldn't tell. Like, I just yeah. it was just bad cinematography. But well, I think it was a choice. I don't think it was like the cinematographers. Error or something. We're not even going to explain this, so who cares if they see them or not, guys? Let's just keep. I would say that you know, like in the writers' room. (laughs) I think a bad choice counts as bad cinematography. But yes, it's an important distinction. It wasn't. I don't have any. My my dad was a a cameraman and cinematographer, and I guarantee that's a director's choice. Okay, that's that's maybe even post production. But (laughs) then I'm probably putting the blame on the wrong person. That fair enough, and I appreciate that uh, (laughs) clarification. It was a bad choice. It was a mistake somewhere along the line. But what I was getting to was, I, I did think all the stuff with the fleet looked awesome, and the the cavalry ride on top of a Star Destroyer <laughs> right. makes absolutely no To me, that was like Fast and Furious level of action, you know? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> you have to just utterly check any understanding of physics, any understanding of reality at the door, and let your mind just go, ooh, this looks cool. Because the thing is, <laughs> it looked cool. <laughs> I was like, I guess they're not that high up in the space. And are all those horses okay? Or whatever those were. I was like, did they all get off? They all got off. Right. 
They, they weren't ho- in space, right? They were in the atmosphere of the planet of Exegol. They're hovering above, yeah. Right. Yeah, so they're above the ground, but they're, like, not up, you know, there, there's oxygen, right? It's, like, in the... They were although, okay. I, I don't know how there's so many planets that are habitable by <laughs> the same <laughs> beings, but whatever. Um... Yeah, th- there were there were a fair number of things that that I really liked. Um, I I have a list. I should have organized them that way. But um, uh-huh. <laughs> let's see. I I really liked the music in the throne room. Um, where not not that you know Exegol throne room, but on the Death Star, it was very reminiscent of um when Luke helps Vader take the mask off. Mm, yeah, I can you know, see it's that. that kind of like sad. Um. Imperial March, basically, like maybe on a piano or something. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. Just you know, the the music in general. I thought you know, it's it's pretty much always on. You know, um, I th- I, haven't we talked about it before? I feel like the music always gaslights me into liking the movie, no matter what. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> there's not I, much I can do about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you just put that music there, and it 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 just makes you feel things, whether whether the story really does the work or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I'm looking up, uh, I'm trying to find <laughs> something that was very specific. Well, I, I can do a couple and we can kind of go back and forth. Oh, sure. Yeah, go ahead. I think those are track. I agree with you. I thought the lightsaber scene uh, on the Death Star uh, made a lot of sense. If the, even if the like getting to it made no sense. And <laughs> I think honestly, I will say, I think, that I felt they landed what was going to be the hardest challenge of this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it kind of is the thing that also makes me both that I feel like they've set the very high bar for Black Panther, which is, uh, which is how do you finish Leia's story with Carrie Fisher having passed away before they could make this movie? And I had a lot of worries and concerns about that because I thought it could be handled very badly. And I think it definitely... There were parts of this movie that I thought didn't make much sense, such as like Force Ghost Han appearing to, to right. To, but I think were clearly were that yeah. part was supposed to be uh, was supposed to be Leia, mm-hmm. and because Carrie Fisher died, and they didn't want to just do like you know Canny Valley stuff, they they chose not to, and I, and I respect that choice, and I felt like mm-hmm. to me that very much goes in the like. If I compare what this movie did with that challenge versus how some of the Disney Plus shows have faced the pandemic challenge, I feel like this did a better job. I feel like this, they did a, the way that story was handled and the way that Carrie Fisher's parts were handled, I, I was quite pleased with. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree too. I, I was very concerned that they were going to go all like Tarkin yeah. from Rogue One and they didn't. And I think that was kind of like the respectful choice. And it's like, look, our movie's not going to make quite as much sense as it could, but like, there was a tragedy. There was a real-world tra- tragedy. Someone died. You know, right. someone very important to the movie died. Um, you know, a beloved person, Carrie Fisher. And you just, you have to make some changes. And I thought they did that in a in a graceful way. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Oh, is there anything else? I mean, I, th- I think there's probably a lot of things. But any other kind of big things either of you wanted to mention of other positive points in the movie? Um, I like the desert scene. I like when she does the backflip over the... Uh... Oh yeah, that was. Fun. I'm oh, yeah, here for all the action. <laughs> yeah, the the there's the the plot and the dialogues have. I have a lot of problem with the way that the <laughs> that the, uh, the movie is written. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you doing this to yourself, movie? But we'll get there right. with that. Yeah. But as for the action stuff, like it, it was beautifully done and it looked good. Yeah. 
Like, I, I mean, yeah. I thought the whole scene of them fighting over the shuttle and then her winding up, like, instinctually using dark side powers was brilliant. I, I, yeah. It's hard for me to remember liking that because I so much don't like how they finished that part of her story. But I right. did think that moment was, like, it was just gorgeous to watch. But also mm-hmm. I had, like, my heart was in my throat. I was like, oh, my God, is she starting to turn? Like, what's this about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They sold that well. I got excited for her to turn and then was super disappointed that it never happened. <laughs> exactly. Like, that's all. When she used that lightning, I was like, hell, yeah, she's the one. Oh, this yeah. is how, like, even though people wouldn't want that ending, and I know everyone's so tired of, you know, woman goes evil, guy has redemption and saves the day. I really wanted that in this. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I really did. Yeah. I We'll get to that when we talk about Ray because I, I had similar feelings. I wanted something a little different but similar. Uh, but let's um, – we'll try to only do this a few minutes, talk about a couple things. But what were some of the things you really didn't like about the movie? Wait, 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 wait. I got oh, more no, things okay, no, go, sorry, go. He has more positive ones. <laughs> I, have more po- I have like an inordinate Hold. number of positive things. It's really weird. Um, one small thing that I really liked was Poe, when receiving like control of the rebellion, was like – he wasn't like, I can't do this. He, at first yeah. he was, and then he was like, I can't do this alone. And he went to Finn, and he's like, I, I need you to help me lead. You know, let's do this together. And yeah. and Finn's like, oh, well, I've got this other thing. Thank you, by the way. I appreciate that. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, and then they do together. And it, I mean, I feel like in general, it sends just a bunch of really good messages that, like, one, control doesn't always have to be held in the, in the hands of one person. Mm-hmm. And two, you know, when you realize... That maybe you're you don't have all the skills necessary to do a thing, you know. You seek help. You know, you seek help from people you trust and people who you know have have the skills to help you get a thing done. And I just thought that was like a really positive, like nice moment. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. w- within the story. Yeah, I I like that especially because it also to me that at least was one thing that honored Last Jedi because it was showing that like Poe had grown from those experiences. Right. You know, he had learned. Right what um, Holdo and Fisher were teaching. What, Holdo and Leia, I call her Fisher, but we're teaching. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, um, now, I, a lot of the stuff I'm sure we'll get to as part of the, the bigger questions. We can get into the good and bad of that. But Paul, was there like, one or two maybe other positive things you had? Yeah, I also really enjoy the Ray Poe Finn dynamic, you know. And yeah. I feel like we could have used more of it, but, you know, it's all right. Um, and I, I certainly could have used more of it in Last Jedi. That's one of the things that I really enjoyed in, in The Force Awakens and mm. and in the original trilogy. And, you know, in fairness, in the original trilogy, they split up the characters in, um, you know, in, in Empire Strikes Back, right? So right. it's mm-hmm. kind of a tried and true format or whatever. Um, but, I mean, you know, I had a, it... Oh, good. Yeah. No, I, I had a moment in this movie where... Poe and Ray introduced themselves. And I was like, how have these characters not met until the third movie of the trilogy? Like, it, it, it honestly just never occurred to me that they hadn't. But that made me realize, like, okay, they sh- that should have happened a long time ago because of the dynamic between these three. Right. Yeah. Um, I have two other things. Go for it. I also really like that there's a spy in the First Order and that it's a petty thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, it's not like, yes, I've had a change of heart. I want to, you know, join your cause. It's like, no, I hate this dude and I just want to see him suffer. 
I really resonated with his character. Like, I really I liked him a lot. And I thought he, that's one of my down points is, like, how, what they did with his character. But I enjoyed him. I enjoyed the comedy in this one a little bit more mm-hmm. than they're trying to do, like, the Marvel jokes. I feel like by this one, they figured out the right amount. Yeah. yeah. Sans some horribly given lines. But other than that. <laughs> I, I think it's a good point because I do feel like the original movies had a lot, a, a very different style of humor 40 mm-hmm. years ago. But they had a lot of humor in ways that I felt like the prequels did not. And I, right. I did like that about this one a lot. And I'll similarly, like, I am not on board with the uh, Kylo Ren is, is our new hero thing. And, and I feel like going into that, I was already so like, I don't want to see the genocidal murderer be redeemed. And then when Hux was <laughs> like, I was like, no, 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 no. If you make Hux another hero, I, okay, good. He got shot and it's hilarious. Perfect. Like, I was so happy when he was, like, they found out he was a spy and he immediately got shot. And I was like, okay, perfect. Yeah. Bullet dodged. I, I, except not. Um, well, yeah. Except, I guess not a bullet, but yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't really have any feelings about that. But um, I I liked the, the healing of the serpent, too. Like, when Rey yeah. heals the serpent, you know? Because there's just so much in Star Wars that I'm, I'm always on them about, like, you know, there's always these giant animals and they're always killing them or they're always against humans and whatever. And like here it was like, yeah, if you have this force power where, you know, you can communicate in a way beyond words and you have the power to heal and stuff like that. Like, yeah, use it, you know, yeah. and yeah. and I enjoyed that. Um, and I feel like it also has a positive message. Um, and then the, the last thing that really stuck out to me was. Um, the little droid, what, Dio, I think? Oh, yeah, he was cute. That, But, like, it, like not so much just, like, being cute, but, like, didn't want to be touched, you know? Mm, Had some right. trust issues, but was like, no, d- you know, no thank you. And then, then, like, people wouldn't touch him, you know? Like, people, mm-hmm. it was like there was this very just little message about consent, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that often gets kind of ignored. That, like, yeah, if someone doesn't want to be touched, like, just don't touch them. You know, it doesn't have to be, like, a big thing, like, you know. Um, and that, you know, that's juxtaposed a little bit with um, murdering C-3PO, but... Yeah, I have questions about all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we we're going to get, get into, into that, that for sure. Yeah. yeah, no, that was... So, okay, so what, what are some of the few things people didn't like? Oh, where to start? Um, let's start with C-3PO. So why? Why would Luke... Maybe you guys can answer. Why would Luke put that in there that he couldn't read Sith? What does that help? The plot? I was guessing that he was programmed that way before. That that wasn't Luke doing that. Hmm. Yeah, the the, the way that I interpreted that, and I I think, though, that you have to do, like, three different headcanon flips to get here, is that... Because they've never explained how is it that Anakin, all on his own built a style of droid that exists like he didn't create a new thing he built a protocol droid and that there's many other protocol droids and and so the the idea that i kind of got was that he like anakin didn't write a whole new set of software you know you can download or you can buy or steal like you know protocol droid software 3.0 and the republic had written that into the protocol droid software hundreds of years ago or whatever it was protocol droids can't read sith um, oh. But again, like, I feel like that to me is the way it would make sense. But do they look all possessed when they do? <laughs> they program that in there? Right. Yeah. <laughs> turn their eyes red. Like, no, it, it was definitely not a strong point. Yeah. 
I, I think for me, my overall problem, and we'll get into all of them specifically, but my overall problems is with how much it doesn't line up with the, the, the stuff that had been established in canon already. And and part of that is the stuff specific to Last Jedi, which I, I can kind of let go of because I know a lot of other people don't like that. Um, but even beyond that, I mean, for me, this was always the saga of Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. And there's always a problem with both prequel, especially with prequels, but sometimes also with, with postquels, with sequels, where they start to change the meaning of things. And... For me, the reason why Darth Vader's story is so important is because he is the one who both makes Palpatine possible and in the end is the one who ends Palpatine. And mm-hmm. and so for me, for Palpatine to just be like, oh, nope, you know, it's like a horror movie where you think our hero killed them, but actually our hero made the great sacrifice, tried to kill the baddie, but they're back and they have to be killed one more time, which is a trope in horror movies that I despise. It felt like that, but even just in a more like now it isn't even a an fu to Last Jedi. It just felt like an fu to the entire Star Wars saga, and I know you can head candidate in ways and stuff like that. And, and it wasn't just that; there was a, a lot of other things that felt like they were such a break um, that it, it it just felt that that's to me where it really felt like it's not even just that it's not canon; it's just that it's like it, it, it's so actively changing what has been established canon, not in the last movie, but in the last eight movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, I don't like a, a movie where I have to keep telling myself, don't think about it too hard or you're not going to enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I would back it up and say like the plot is obviously preposterous. Yeah. Like <laughs> all the so stuff funny. with the dagger leading to this. Ugh. And then it looks like something floating in the water, like years later than when the thing, like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Was, um, and there's a lot that doesn't. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And I, I think the movie's too long and it drags to some extent. Not a ton, but like you could have chopped out 20 minutes of maybe some of the fetch quest stuff. And like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it would have been just, it would have been a little tighter, you know? And one thing I respect about the early Star Wars movies is, yeah, they're epic, but they're they're not long. They don't drag. That's yeah. that's one thing I like about the first Avenger movie, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then over time, I think studios and... and and producers and whatever, like, oh, well, let's just add a little bit more. We need to make it a little more complicated. It's like, well, but do you? You know? Yeah. Um, but to your point, Matthew, like, yeah, for me, this movie works because it's non-canonical yeah. in, in my mind. You know, like, the the entire sequel trilogy just doesn't work for me with the original trilogy and then, you know, Mandalorian now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, where my timeline in Star Wars <clears throat> is up to. And yeah. so I can look at this trilogy and be like, well, you know, I don't really like Last Jedi or I really don't like it, but I enjoy The Force Awakens and I enjoy Rise of Rise of Skywalker. But I mean, you're absolutely right that it just kind of like undermines and makes, you know, Anakin's story like kind of like, okay, well, I guess you, I mean, and you know, whatever, it's a prophecy, like it doesn't have to be true, right? right? But, like, yeah, there was, like, the circle was now complete, right? Like, mm-hmm. Anakin became Vader and made the Emperor to the point where the Emperor could be the Emperor. And then he destroyed the Emperor and then became Anakin again and then, and then died. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With some nice little uh, music on the, on the you know. You know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe xylophone. Glockenspiel. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's piano. 
Yeah. No, I, I think that really speaks to it. <clears throat> and I think for me, the other thing I really didn't like, and, and this is kind of a lead into the Ray conversation, but, but Paul, you can also talk about any other things you, you want to mention that you didn't like. Um, obviously, the, the Ray, in some ways, like, Finn has been an absolute pinball of a character and wound up, like, never really getting the story development he deserved. Mm-hmm. Ray was kind of the opposite in that she got one story developed quite well, and then turned in an entirely different direction, and that story developed quite well, and then turned in an entirely different direction again, and that story. And and I think, to me, her storyline also really bothered me because, Ashley, very much kind of what you were talking about, I loved the idea that maybe she was going to go to the dark side. Or, actually, the thing that I was most interested in, and they're, they're, they're kind of teasing this in a lot of the Star Wars media in the last couple of years. Last Jedi has certainly done it, but some other things as well, that maybe, like... This was the real bringing balance because she was going to kind of say like, hey, Jedi and Sith are a ridiculous binary and there's all this room in between. And maybe like maybe I can feel anger and feel fear and use those dark emotions to allow me to have power like lightning that I can use to help do good in the world. And that maybe it's possible to have that kind of a balance. And yeah. And so for me, I really loved that part and they kind of just got away with it entirely. And the other thing is, and I, this has been debated to death, and so we don't need to debate it again, but I just kind of want to say it. When Ray was from nowhere, like, my father isn't some, like, my, my father was a, is, a, is a really awesome guy, but, like, my father isn't a king. My father isn't a, like, lo, there's no, like, great lineage that I'm a part of. And so watching the story of Luke, who is the chosen one, who has this lineage, like, I can't ever relate to that. Mm-hmm. I can relate to Ray. I can relate to the person who's from nowhere, who's not related to anybody, who just is a person who can do great things. Like, not that I can do great things, but you know what I mean? Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and, the, and the connection yeah. of that with, like, that one scene at the very end of Last Jedi where the boy kind of uses the Force to move the broom. It was such a beautiful statement of, yes, you can be part of a great family and become a Force user, but you don't have to be. And so then to just, like, piss all over that and say, no, actually, she is a Palpatine. It just took something that I so loved from Last Jedi, but also from all these movies, and just threw it out in smoke. And I that, mm. that I think, made me angry more than anything else. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's where I'm, I'm uh, bathing in, in schadenfreude. <laughs> it's fair. It's, it's fair. Like, um, you know, I mean, the idea of, like... So, first of all, I totally agree with your underlying premise of, like complaint about just it's like too much fiction is about royals you know or people Mm -hmm. with this or that lineage or whatever like i don't care i don't care what someone's lineage is like but but i don't not relate to someone because they have some particular lineage like it's just kind of irrelevant to me in terms of like sense of identity like my parents are my parents and like my experience was my experience but them like you know being this or that like it's kind of irrelevant to me in terms of like the way I see myself. So Mm -hmm. I never felt like I couldn't relate to Luke because his dad was Darth Vader like that. Mm -hmm. That never felt like an impediment to me. Um, I walk through life seeing myself as royalty. So that's not a problem for me (laughs) at all. I mean, Queen of Philadelphia is a title that has been given and is appropriate. I think Paul, you make, Oh my God, my gutter throne. Yeah. (laughs) Paul, I think you make a good point. I think for me, it's in some way, what they did with Ray made it harder. In that, mm-hmm. as well as some of the stuff in the Clone Wars and things like that, because of 
in the original prequel, in the original movies, yes, Luke is part of this lineage, but it's never indicated that like Obi Wan was part of a lineage or that any of the other mm. Jedi's were part of a lineage. So like, right. but this yeah. this now it really starts to feel like you can like a normal person can't become a powerful Force user, and I guess right. that's maybe the better way to put it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that, and I don't like that. I think anybody should be, like, I think the idea even that a person is, like, born with Force sensitivity or this talent or whatever, I don't like that. Like, I like the idea that maybe anybody could become a powerful Force user. It's just about um, learning to do it, right? It's about mm-hmm. the experience of of listening to the Force and, and right. being sensitive to it um, as an action, not as, like, a, like, genetic characteristic. Um yeah. But I, I will say that, uh, you know, it like it, in The Last Jedi, like Kylo Ren told her who her parents were or weren't. And I was like, you can't trust that guy. Like He never lied to her, Paul. Yeah, yeah I, I feel like the movie her. established that. <laughs> I felt like the movie had established that whatever else he was doing, he was being honest with her. Um, but like, and, why would he know? No. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. Also... As, you know, as sort of one of the, the things where I was saying in uh, one of your streams on Twitch, The Ethical Panda, um, <laughs> where you were talking about how, um, you know, how, the extent to which The Last Jedi may or may not have contradicted itself, you know, the idea that, you know, in a future movie that certainly could have been addressed, right? Like sometimes you want to leave something unresolved and have some conflict at the end of a, you know, penultimate chapter right. in a series. Um, in the same way, I feel like, you know, we don't necessarily know at the end of Last Jedi what Kylo Ren really wants. Like, is he really being honest? Is he not? You know, um, and and so I think a lot of things were hanging and they got answered in this or didn't in ways that people liked or didn't. Yeah. Or did not. I, I think if like because of it, it being Kylo I think where it really loses me is that yeah. Kylo Ren is the one to tell her actually these are who your family this is who your family is. Oh right. And and if it had been like if Palpatine had told her and yeah. she was like, But Kylo said and he's like, Carlo's an idiot. Of course he believed that. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. What does he know? <laughs> um, I, I like that. I accept that improvement. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right. for sure. So I, I'm sure we've got a new couple of them, but Paul, is there any other things on, on your list of like, we're not going to dive deep into it, but here's just something I really didn't like? Yeah. Like, how did Luke not find the Wayfinder? Yeah. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And like, it was in a, he'd been there. Like, like what? <laughs> you know? Um, I thought 3PO not translating the Sith was like the worst. And that was just one of these like. They just got an extra, you know, 30 minutes out of that. And, like, maybe they could have done without that. And instead of that, they could have had Finn have an actual conversation with Ray about being Force-sensitive. I don't yes, know. Yes, I you completely know. agree with that. Um, I really didn't like Rose being written out of the story. But um, I, I did watch uh, Raya and the Last... Raya? Raya. Raya and the Last Dragon. Uh-huh. Um, with Kelly Marie Tran as the uh, the lead. And I think she does a great job in that. People should check it out. Um I always like to plug things of actors. <laughs> Which, by the way, I'll give a quick plug. Um, the Animation Deliberation, the folks who are often on uh, this podcast talking about Star Wars, they're doing an episode about that, uh, including, and that uh, they'll have a guest who is who uh, is Filipino and has a real knowledge of that um, the the story world that 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 Rey story comes from. So definitely check oh, that out. Cool. I don't know if it's out yet, That's but great. check it out at some point. Keep going. Well, um, 
Yeah, and um, I guess that's most of it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I got that's... one. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. What the hell is this whole power of two heels one? Like, did they make all that up just for this movie? Yes. Yep. Okay. I, I think so. Because I was like, wait a minute. What the f- What is this? And I feel like that is the scene that really takes me out of it. Because they just did whatever that thing you said where she handed the uh, force what? When she handed the lightsaber to him. Oh, yeah. The Force Dyad. The Force, force Dyad. dyad. Just, oh, and maybe, then they both yeah. get there and they post up with the two lightsabers. And you're like, hell yeah, this is going to be great. And then he immediately, like, owns them. And then starts, you know, I'll swallow your soul. And I'm like, what is happening? Why do they, like, why is this doing that? And they, right. they're just like, look, don't, don't, you know, they're like, look over here. Lightning. Right. Yeah. You're like, why did they stop looking cool and being badass? Yeah. Like, like I, what? It is something I, I talked about before that I often don't like in either action or horror movies where, like, our heroes come up with some really awesome plan and it looks great, but then it doesn't work and then they have to do something else to win. It's just, like, sometimes let, like, the cool plan work, you know? Like, yeah. That would be kind of awesome. Yeah, just, like, do it just do it right in the beginning. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, I had one other little – this is, like, a small complaint, but, like, where Kylo Ren, like, drops the, the head of, I guess, the – you know, some non-human, but of right. um, that that I guess they'd gotten the news from the spy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like oh, they yeah. would never do that with a with a human head. Oh, never you know? in years. So it's like it just feels very speciesist to me. Yeah. And you know, even in that scene, now that you're mentioning it, um, the way that he's like, "Oh, General Huck, I see that you have a problem with my appearance." I'm like, "Why would you're in a board meeting? You just threw somebody's head on the table, really?" Yeah. Kyle, right. you're going to be that damn petty. Yeah, I mean, you certainly don't feel like Hux is wrong for wanting to stop no. this guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just also to go back to actually what you said, I will say, from what we know on screen, all the stuff about the Force Dyads is completely, you know, first time it's ever appeared. First time it's ever appeared in anything that is now known as canonical. Um, okay. There are a lot of things... This movie, I think, um, starting also with, like, some of the newer shows, but also sometimes the Clone Wars, uh, but especially, like, in more recent years, there's a lot of things that are appearing on screen that are, <clears throat> if not straightly taken, wow, if not directly taken out of the Legends novels, are clearly deeply inspired by the Legends novels. And so the whole idea of, like, um, I think Exegol is a planet that exists in the, the legacy novels. I, I think it is. I know the whole idea of, like, the holocrons and, like, the, the wayfinders and stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff has also appeared in, in some of the animated shows, but it also comes right from a lot of the novels. So it's entirely possible that this Force Dyad came up in some novel because there's literally been more than – I think I think there's, like, 200 or something like that. Yeah. Well, does, he, spe- he specifically says, like, this hasn't happened in a generation, and I was just wondering if there was a story about that. Yeah. I There may well be in the in the non-canon novels. Uh, mm-hmm. and, cool. and, and, and listeners, if there is, please let us know because it would be kind of awesome if that wasn't just totally made up. But certainly in terms of on-screen stuff, we've never heard that before. For sure. Yeah. For sure. We're looking at you, Brian Klein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so let's now get we into know, you know. some of the specific things. And let's just start with Ray. Um, Ash, you started to kind of get into your thoughts on her on this. What, talk to us about like your feelings on Ray's journey. But we'll do Ray first and then Kylo and then the Kylo Ray of it all, but the, the Ray Lo of it all. But I'm sure all three <laughs> of those conversations get very mixed up. So you have the floor. Ray, okay. go. Um, it's kind of hard to say. Well, it's, I guess they kind of 
Her story gets tied up in a really sloppy bow at the end. It's kind of like, <clears throat> oh, we're going to give fan service. We're going to do what everybody wants. You know, I honestly think it would have been more powerful if she A, turned, or B, if she had died. And, like, he wasn't able to bring her back. Um, ben wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just would have been a lot more impactful, especially for what they do in the last five minutes of this movie, which, to me, that really doesn't make sense. I really don't like the last five minutes of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I think it just kind of negates, like, she's done all this stuff, gone through all this thing, made all these friendships. And, I mean, it just kind of looked like they left her, like, well, you live alone in the desert now. It's kind of sad. <laughs> Oh, I I felt like at the end she was just going back to, like, where Luke grew up, kind of, like, to honor him and Leia and, like, leave their lightsabers there. I didn't really get the feeling that she's, like, necessarily just totally on her own there. Right. But I feel what you're saying about, like, maybe her being around, like, the people that were important to her. It, it's weird because it reminds me of the scene with Luke and, and Vader. Mm-hmm. At the end of Return of the Jedi, where there's this kind of closing, Luke is alone, but it's not the closing moment, then he shows up to the big party or whatever. Right. And I think inverting the <clears throat> sequence of those kind of scenes in terms of what they do, I, I, I see how it can kind of leave you with the, this feeling that, like, when, when you say the last five minutes, you mean specifically when she's off there on, on yeah. Tatooine, right? I, oh, see, I read that as she was, like, moving in. Like, that was oh. her new place. Like, I don't know why I thought, like, cause she had, oh, I guess... Okay. It looked like she'd created her lightsaber there, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then that lady's like, you know, I'm the new neighbor. Who are you moving in here? And then she's like, nah, I'm a Skywalker. And I'm like, what's happening here? Did you just <laughs> move to Tatooine? I mean. To be alone? You know, <laughs> since we established that that much space travel could happen in 16 hours. Because really, every planet oh my is goodness. actually <laughs> next door to each other when it comes to light speed. <laughs> you <know>? So much. <clears throat> that means you're never far away from anything. <laughs> God, yeah. they, didn't have, they could have just made it a week, you know, or what? Anyway. Right, right. Well, I guess if they made her a Skywalker, she got the deed to the estate, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I get all that. I I definitely feel like I was, there was so much potential for where Ray could go. And I felt like they had to just, in movie one, pick, to me, Ray and Finn are the two basic examples of, why the lack of a plan killed these movies because in so I was very unsatisfied by where her character wound up but to some extent I, I don't think there was any way to have a an ending for her that would satisfy even half the fans because mm-hmm. she'd been so all over the place and you know I think that there's obviously a lot of reasons why I think having her be take the villain turn I think would have been difficult um I, I would have not been okay with her becoming the villain and Kylo Ren become the hero. Um, to me, I mean, he's a genocidal maniac. Like, he, I, I can't yeah. have him be redeemed because of one good kiss. Um, oh, but it's but, Adam Driver. Well, fair fair enough. Also true. Um, but like, I think Adam Driver's funny looking. I think I'm like <laughs> the only person on Earth. But anyway. I think that's what I like about him. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's right, like, he's just that. got that's, this yeah. tall goofiness <laughs> he, he, he just he just has that like emo boy like yeah and he's, he's right. real intense he, he's super powerful he's super confident except for that one woman who he'll like break everything down with so she can care for him like i mean i'm literally quoting like do. things people have told me about why they find his character so attractive um, just take okay. my hand i'll make you my queen sith and we'll rule i was like what the hell are you doing ray <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i think just going back to her character yeah i i would have loved to see her go all the way dark side 
I would have really loved to see her again kind of find that balance because the thing is she kind of did like she clearly expressed a lot of the dark side emotions over the course of mm-hmm. all three movies but especially this one mm-hmm. and there was never a sign of like like that the the moment where she like decide you know she all the Jedi of the past speak to her which was a great moment <clears throat> mm-hmm. and then she you know turns it all on Palpatine and defeats him and becomes the Skywalker and whatever again that last five minutes is awful but um but even putting all that aside like she never had the moment of like yes I was wrong to kind of give in to my fear I was wrong to give in to my anger I see that now mm-hmm. she 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 lived those feelings and it was okay and I'm gonna get a little more meta here so if you haven't seen other Star Wars properties feel free to skip forward about five or ten minutes I think one of the things that's so interesting is that there's a number of Star Wars properties now where the the best force users are people who didn't grow up in the temple, didn't get to learn from an early age to shut down all of their emotions. Like Kanan Juris in uh, Rebels has lots of emotions. He's in love with a woman. He, uh, you know, he has a romantic partner. It's not just an unrequited love. They're romantic partners. They have a kid by the end of one of the shows. Um, you know, uh, Grogu, like, I mean, yeah, he's a toddler, but he's got all kinds of emotions. It's not a problem. Mm-hmm. There's people in some of the novels who are doing that, um, in some of the video games. I-, I just thought there was something, it feels like they're all sort of leaning into this idea of we're setting it up for someone to say on screen, yes, the Jedi were wrong to totally shut down emotions. You can be a force user for good and feel the emotions. But they're never quite willing to say that, you know? And they, in this, like, especially with, like, the, the different color lightsabers, like, they gave all these hints that she was doing things in a new way, but they never actually said what that was. And and that just left me so unsatisfied. That is frustrating. It would have been nice to see, like, her take the turn, and instead of it being Ben that saves her, like, Poe and Finn, like, bringing their friendship, like, full circle, being able to talk her out of it or talk her down or, I don't know. It's a lot of missed opportunity. Definitely. Yeah, I could see I could see something like that. I I didn't mind her arc. I don't mind. I actually like the last five minutes, mm-hmm. um, even though I think it's more like two or three minutes. But like it, the, you know, the final sequence, I, it, it works for me. You know, it it's to me, it's kind of her deciding that she is who she wants to be. You know, that right. it's not her pant parentage that that defines her. That it's her. You know, that her mentors that she chose. Right. Mm-hmm. She chose to study with them. It, it wasn't like forced upon her like it was, you know, Jedi Padawans uh, in the days of yore. Like she was like, no, train me, train me. And um, so she, you know, she chose her own name. And I, I respect that. I, I like that as a story. Um, I, I I think to, to your point, Matthew, I love that. And, and Ashley, I mean, in terms of like turning to the dark side, I think that would be very interesting. Honestly, when I saw the previews for The Last Jedi, I was like, oh, is Luke going to be the villain? Like, <laughs> yeah. I thought that would have been a really interesting story. I'm not sure yeah. whether I would have really liked it in terms of how it fit with canon or whatever. But right. like, I think that could be an interesting story. I think Rey turning to the dark side could be an interesting story. But I think the rejection of the idea that there has to be this light side, dark side, and like you pick one... And you can only use certain powers if you're on the light side. Like, I would love that. Yeah. You know, I think the Jedi idea of, like, you know, reach out with your feelings, Ugh, but don't have any of them. Yeah. Like the Jedi stuff, it sucks. Being a Jedi sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it, you know, it's... 
you can either redefine what it means to be a Jedi, or you can say, you know what, I'm not going to be a Jedi. I'm going to be a Force user, and I'm going to be a Force user who cares about other people and tries to help them mm -hmm. instead of just being, you know, trying to amass power for myself all the time. Um, uh, yeah, but... it reminds me, actually, Ahsoka was another one of those, like, she's clearly yes. acting out of emotion. Mm -hmm. She's not a Jedi, but she's also not a dark side user. Exactly. Um, Do they have a word for that? No, I mean, sometimes they call some people Grey Jedi, but I think that's more of a specific something else. Yeah, the Grey mm -hmm. Jedi is a term that comes also from the Legends books. I don't think it's ever appeared in actual canon. In the actual canon, there have been some references canon. to people, like, leaving the Jedi Order, but still following the Jedi Code, but it kind of being like you're on sabbatical from it, so it's not really <laughs> fully followed. It, it's right. never really been explored in a kind of satisfying way um, outside of the, the Legends books. Um, it, I, go ahead. I just wanted to um, also say that, like, I'm I'm fine with the redemption arc for Kylo. I didn't. Um, I'm I'm really not here for the the Kylo romance. Um, oh my god! Like it just. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> you know, I I just it's like at, at the end. end I, it's funny, I think in the novelization, like, they refer to their kiss at the end. They're like, but it's totally platonic, which is like, okay. Um, <laughs> but, like, you know, I I don't know. I, I, I just didn't like that they went so much into that direction, and particularly starting with The Last Jedi. But then here they, they continued that and, and kind of left, you know, I think her relationship with Finn is very interesting. And yeah. could have is potentially very interesting. And as it is, it's like, it's just potential because it's never, um, it's never clear exactly what's going on between the two of them, you know? And, right. and it's, it's never explicit that like, I mean, like in my head canon, like, yeah, Finn is, is force sensitive and can become a Jedi, yeah. you know? And so after this story, he probably is like, oh, yeah, by the way, like, I could feel <laughs> these things and, like, maybe train me. And she's like, oh, wow, okay, you'll be my first, you know, apprentice or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, we'll see how that goes. Often it doesn't seem to go that well for, <laughs> like, these Force users. But, no. you know, uh, it. I would have liked more of that. Yeah. Uh, but there were some moments in terms of the um, kind of, like, I... I think up until the point where they're kissing, like, it's not clearly romantic, their connection. Yeah. Like, just because one's male and the other's female doesn't mean, you know, and, like, they're both good-looking to a lot of people, like, doesn't mean, like, it has to be a romance, you know? It's like... Uh, I think they set it up in The Last Jedi, like, when they have, when they touch hands and stuff like that, like, it's it's a little romantic. I think I mean, it could okay, so be I only saw romantic. The Last Jedi once, so I'm not going to totally yeah. disagree with that. I, I think it definitely could be romantic, but I think it also could be read as more just as as like you know we're sharing this incredibly intense experience. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I get like sexual tension off them the entire, especially in this movie when they're all angry at each other. Like I'm like they're going to throw those lightsabers down and just go at it on the Death Star. <laughs> oh no, she just stabbed him. Never mind. <laughs> Read the room wrong. <laughs> like I don't get that from that scene. I get more of that from like. Poe and Finn just having a conversation. Yes. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I was going to say, like, I, I want to say more on Ray, but but there's a whole conversation we can have about the romantic relationships that didn't happen. And I think right. a lot of my frustration about, in some ways, it's like, what if, if Kylo Ray, okay, fine. I, I, I said something about him being redeemed. Like, I, I am happy f for the most part 
I didn't like their kiss, but I am happy that he didn't actually get a redemption arc. He got a, he got like what Anakin got, which is that he got to die doing one great noble thing, mm-hmm. which is important. But I don't think that anyone was like, oh, Anakin, like you're forgiven for killing all those kids or Kylo, you're forgiven for like helping to blow up all those planets or genocide all these people. Like he's not, he didn't get a redemption arc, which I thought he would have if he'd like become the hero. Um, I mean, I call it a redemption arc and you don't, but like, yeah, I I know what you mean as, as far as the distinction, I I appreciate that. Yeah. And to me, like you compare that to like Zuko or Catra, right? Airbender, Airbender and She-Ra. To me, you could even say Loki, like uh, by Thor Ragnarok, like the he's had a longer redemption, but he killed a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> like to me, he hasn't had it. He he's on a redemption arc, but I don't think he's there yet. Um, part of why I think the new show is so interesting, especially because it's mm-hmm. backup uh, somewhat. Part of why I hated Infinity War so much, but <laughs> proceed. Also fair, <laughs> but but I, I think the other part of it with with Ray is. Well, first of all, I mean, the the romantic aspects there are, it is kind of awesome because that's one more of the like, hey, maybe you don't have to be like celibate in order to be a Jedi, uh, mm. which again is not commented on. And I wish it was. But the thing is, one of the things that is, um, there's a couple, sorry, there's like four different thoughts that were jumbled up in my head here. Um, <laughs> the, just to respond to Paul, the two other things that you said, though. Is, one is what you're saying about how why she went back to make herself to, to declare herself a Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I I feel like you're doing what I've often done of like the movie tells us point A, the movie tells us point B, and you're drawing the headcanon path that connects the two of them because I think that is a logical explanation of why she did it. I don't think the movie tells us that at all. And and honestly, I thought it was because she still is not okay with the idea of defining herself as herself, she has to define herself by some powerful lineage and she doesn't want to be a Palpatine. So she'll be a Skywalker instead. And I, I just thought that was such a betrayal of her character that I was like, no, that's not because you're right. I love the idea of her being homage to all these people, but like be yourself. You don't have to be anyone. You are just Ray and that's okay. And then it's like, what's the movie title? That would be a different choice. (laughs) Or is it Kylo Ren? So it's her, right? We're supposed to, like, she's the rise of Skywalker? Or is it Kylo Ren? Unclear. He's the one who had to climb up out of that pit, so maybe it's him. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, until she... He did rise. Oh, you're right. Until she said those words, I 100% thought it was him. I I thought it was because it's the assertion of, you know, Ben Ben Solo Skywalker. Well, actually, even more so, like, to me, part of what the Skywalker name is, it's not just Luke and Leia, it's also Anakin. Mm -hmm. And to me, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like Kylo who has followed Darth Vader all of his life, yeah. is in this last moment literally doing the best thing Anakin ever did, which is when Anakin mm-hmm. rejected Darth Vader. And so it's him kind of like claiming on to the, the Skywalker solo name of it while rejecting like the worst parts of Anakin, but, but basically repeating the best thing that Anakin ever did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and earlier in the movie and in the previous movie, z- um, <laughs> there's a parallel to... Um, to the you know the Vader and Luke thing in Empire where you know Vader's like join you know come with me and and together we'll destroy the emperor and that's what Kylo wants too he's like mm-hmm. you know he's like join me and we will destroy the emperor and then they do um yeah. <laughs> which also is the plot of return of the jedi <laughs> even yeah. if it wasn't totally the plan but it's like it is this very strong parallel um and i really enjoy that aspect of it mm-hmm. um you know, but at no point did I think Luke and Vader were going to bang. So, I don't know. <laughs> I, 
There was already the incestuous kiss. That's we weren't going to double down story. on that. Theme. Right, right, right. We already God. had to worry about How Luke and Leia. How much incest do we need? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, and we can go back to Kylo and, and Ray and all of it if we want. But let, let's just talk about romance for a second because it felt to me like <clears throat> I totally agree with you, Paul. That I feel like um, Force Awakens teased maybe you could say three relationships, but certainly two I felt got teased very hard. One of which is Finn and Ray. Um, and the other, which is Ray and po- uh, is Finn and Poe, mm-hmm. and I, I felt like that. I don't know if they never intended to go to those dynamics, or if JJ wanted to, but the studio didn't, or even maybe if, and like you know, I keep saying how much I love Ryan Johnson. It's entirely possible that Ryan Johnson was the coward on this, and he didn't want mm-hmm. either the male male relationship or the uh, interracial relationship, or what the entire polyamorous world has been screaming for, like, make them a right. triad ever since that first movie came out. <laughs> right. That, right. Yeah. That's my headcanon. The three of them are together. Sure. But, yeah. but I, yeah, I just felt like by the end of it, like, you know, they literally gave Finn two different romantic uh, connections in the second movie, both women of color, just to be like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, he's not going to fall in love with a white girl. Like, right. And, and then also to be like, <clears throat> nope, but look, and in some ways to me, like, if Finn and Poe never really get together, but Poe is, po is just canonically queer, like, I'd love that. Having, uh, like, an ex from Poe's past show up just to kind of oh, be like, yeah. look, he likes girls. It, right. It felt so unnecessary and so, like, kind of offensive, honestly. Like, we yeah. don't need this. You, you, you can leave character. You can leave the character's sexuality sense. completely open. It's fine. Or, or define it one way or the other. But throwing in this completely useless character just to like be like look he has a past dating women it, it just uh, everything about the romance I, I think it's part of why i'm like if we're gonna have any romance really it's kind it's like the jedi and the genocidal maniac i keep calling him that but you know like that was the one kiss i didn't want to see of all the kisses it could have been uh i i have to disagree with that sure <laughs> have at it no um no 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 with the kiss thing <laughs> I agree with the rest of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just think, I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I know why. Imagine if they had done that. We weren't even like where we are now mm-hmm. with how people are more open with uh, gender, you know, sexuality and stuff like that. The Think about how toxic it was for Rose. Imagine mm-hmm. the Star Wars community heads just blowing up. And it's a shame. Like, I feel like we're getting closer yeah. What did you think about that kiss they had in there with the uh the the two ladies? They were like, "Look, we did it." I thought that was just I didn't like I I like that they were doing it on screen and in a Disney movie, but it's like that just it seemed like the team up thing in uh <laughs> yeah. Endgame. That was exactly where my mind went. Sorry, I could not get to where I was trying to get in my head there to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, no, I, I was going to make the same joke. I was going to say something about how Disney Plus has clearly started like a sweepstakes to see which of their major franchises can be more pandering without any actual like effect. Um, and like, I don't know if it's, you know, the, um, the guy in the support group meeting talking about his part, his male partner or the kiss between mm-hmm. the two women. Like it's fine. It, in some ways I feel like if you hadn't done so much to like try to erase the Poe possibilities, I would have liked that a lot more, but instead mm-hmm. it, it very clearly felt to me like, we're not going to give you Poe, but don't worry. We're not homophobic. We're giving you this instead. 
And then it's like, Paul, what you were saying, they wasted 25 minutes of our time with this Zuri storyline, which none of that makes any sense. Why wouldn't she go with him? Why would she suddenly give him that special little locket or whatever the hell that was that gets him in and out of anywhere? Like, there was just, th- like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, if ever there was a, a female character created solely to be a plot point for a male without, like, any characterization of her own, that that's her. Mm-hmm. And then to pretentiously not have them get together. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I actually didn't mind that one aspect of it. Overall, I'm, I'm with you both on everything you just said. Um, <laughs> where, I mean, the, you know, the, the kiss between the two women at the end is like, it feels like it's like they're trying to be like, no, 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 see, see. And it's like, yeah, see, you know, if that, if you have a bunch of movies with significant queer relationships and then you have that in a movie that just doesn't happen to have any you know romances or between any of the main characters like i think that would be a positive addition sort of like you know in birds of prey like there's some kind of throwaway um you know just like oh yeah by the way you know harley had an ex-girlfriend yeah she, you know? she's telling the story of her her young years and she says and then this guy broke my heart and then this girl broke my heart and there's nothing else mm-hmm. is said but it's, it just clearly establishes that and then moves on and it's and like that's not a story that has a bunch of you know romances in it. But then here it's like when you when you set it up so much, but then you don't pay it off, and you're a studio that has just never paid it off in any significant way. I I mean I think you know it's like yeah. come on you know it's a space opera. Where is the romance? <laughs> yeah, and I you know it, it's funny because. Now in the three main movies, there have been three roman in the three sets of movies. You know, the original yeah. series had a romance, Han and Leia, which yeah. I thought was great. I mean, the romance of yeah. Empire Strikes Back, I think, is very well done. the The prequels had a romance that is. I've seen the room, and the lack of romantic chemistry between the characters in the room is probably lower than the prequels. <laughs> <clears throat> but it's. Cl- but what do you mean, Ma? But a, it's close, and b, in the room, it's about people killing each other. So, like, take that as you will. And in this one, I sort of felt like they were like, well. We're supposed to have a romance, but we don't know how to have a romance because we screwed it up last time, but we did it well before. So maybe this, they just had no idea what the hell they were doing. Yeah. And it, it just felt so, it just, none of it felt organic to the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and while, meanwhile, there was stuff that felt like it could have been organic to the story. Yeah. You know, it's like in The Force Awakens, you had so much chemistry. It's like, maybe go somewhere with that. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then they're like, no, we're going to go somewhere else. We're going to do something else. We're just, you know, we're not going to pay any of that off. Like, I'm fine with stories with no romances. I arguably prefer stories with no romances mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. But like, it, you know, if you're going to kind of imply maybe a romance, and I feel like Star Wars movies, like, you can use one. And, you know, maybe not with your main character, you know, maybe do the same thing. Like... You know, the Han Solo character is really more of the, is, is Finn, right? Yeah. And the, the Leia mm-hmm. character is Poe. And, like, maybe they get together just like they did in the original trilogy. And it's like, people can just deal with that. They, they were mad at The Last Jedi anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Double down. Yeah. I mean, certainly I hate the idea of toxic fans winning. Like, to me, that is, that just sets yeah, such a course. bad precedent in general. Because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I certainly saw, like, when Rise of Skywalker came out, I certainly saw from like some of those toxic fans, people posting like, "Look, this is why we harassed Rose, you know, uh, right. Kelly Rose, uh, Kelly Marie Tran, because it worked. They didn't put her in this new movie." And I was just like, um, "But, Ugh. but I'll say to, to like to me, 
I feel like you could have gone either two ways with Ray and Kylo. I at first wanted nothing to do with it. I did love the, the dynamic between those two characters. And talking to friends of mine before that movie came out, I was sold on the idea that maybe they could do the romance right if they did it. But it mm. felt to me like the two characters had this intense experience that could lead to romantic things or it could not. But if it did, you needed to tell that story in a much more explicit way, as well as like talk about her with this whole thing of like Jedis are not supposed to have these attachments. But instead what it felt like was they didn't want to tell that story, but they did want the kiss because all the people who wanted to see those two beautiful actors kiss. So they threw in the kiss without like, to me, it felt very much like, Rogue One is one of my favorite movies, especially in the Star Wars uh, story, but also just a great movie. And I came very close to hating it in the last couple of minutes because I felt like, to me, I feel like what they did with, um, oh my God, I can't remember her name now. It's something like Ray, Jin. Jin. To me, it felt like what they did with Cassian and Jin was very similar to what they did with um, Kylo and Ray in that you had, these two characters who are male and female and are uh, both very attractive people have this very intense situation together, which in a lot of movies, like it's classic, like, okay, they fall in love, they kiss right before they die, etc. If they had kissed, I would have, my enjoyment of Rogue One would have gone way down, honestly. The fact that they kind of hold hands and they're clearly sharing a moment and you could be like, maybe some romance is developing, maybe it's not, but they both know they're about to die. So that's not really the first thing on their list. Yeah. I loved that. And I feel like that's where if Kylo and Ray had ended in that kind of place of, yeah, we've been through this incredibly intense thing and I don't know how we feel about each other. And this is not the time to figure it out because we're dying or you're, I'm dying and then you're dying. Yeah, that I, I like that way of ending the story. The kiss just felt so gratuitous. And so, well, people want you know, we want the screenshot of these two people kissing. So let's let's give them that. Now, I've ragged on it a lot. I know you love it. So please feel free to defend it and tell us why we're all wrong. Hey, I'm shallow. Give, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I, I'm not ashamed. That's legit. Not, I mean... <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They were just teasing it the whole time. And then, you know, I was more annoyed and like just how it happened. Like, you know, they kiss and then he immediately disappears. Mm-hmm. Just like, Okay. How is there 25 minutes left in this movie? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot awesome. of credits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so anything else to say about Kylo or Rey? <clears throat> there was one quote where um, where Kylo, where uh, what the Emperor says, like, she'll never be a Jedi, or Kylo says it to the Emperor, and I'm like, she's not a Jedi? Like, what does somebody not become a Jedi until their trilogy is over? How does that work? <laughs> right, like what? you have to get a special star or something or <clears throat> right, a yeah. paper. This actually does. Re- um, oh, go ahead, Ashley. We um this scene when they're in the Death Star. I uh, do that to Ken all the time whenever I'm asking him for something like the remote. He'll be, I'll be like, "Give it to me." <laughs> <laughs> I it, it's just like one of my favorite things to do. And then if he doesn't hear me, I'm like, "Give it." me <laughs> I like might that. be my favorite scene of the movie <laughs> that's awesome he has such like a physical reaction to her saying it and it just makes me laugh out loud <laughs> yeah i will say about that that question of like who becomes a jedi that, that's actually the other thing i was going to say about um ray and luke and things like that because paul you did point out like if last jedi is all about 
rejecting all the problems with the Jedi Order, why does Luke then say, why does Luke go from saying the Jedi have to die to saying Rey is a Jedi, I'm, I will not be the last Jedi? Mm-hmm. Uh, which again could say that like oh, she is a Jedi or that she's going to become a Jedi, but either way, how you put that, though I think yeah. it's pretty clear like she is a Jedi. The, Are you not a Jedi until they talk to you in your head, until they be with you or whatever? Well, I think that's the whole point. Is that because the more I thought about it, and again, I wish this had been made explicit at somewhere. Luke and Ray are the only two people who are doing Jedi things that never had anything to do with the Jedi Order. And I'm wondering right, maybe kind right. of what Luke was getting at. And it's kind of like what I'm talking about a lot of the other characters are doing, but Luke didn't know about them, is him kind of realizing like the problems were the Jedi Order and people being raised in the Jedi Order. And that actually all the things Yoda was afraid of, all the reasons why Yoda and Obi-Wan thought that Luke might not be a good Jedi, or mostly uh, Yoda, are the reasons why Luke was a good Jedi and why the, the reasons mm. Luke could... like survive the the temptations that Anakin could not and that so many other Jedi's could not. And, and so I kind of had a, like, and again, this is purely headcanon, but I like the idea that maybe if that's part of why, like, in his mind, Rey can, can rebuild the Jedi. Because, like, yeah, actually, maybe this, like, adult recruitment thing and not stealing kids when they're three years old and totally shattering right. their emotional lives, maybe this is a better plan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I find that really interesting, actually. I mean, I like the idea to kind of come to peace with the, the you know, kind of what's going on. And, oh, that's uh, my alarm. Um, it's okay. Um, like, kind of coming to peace with The Last Jedi or, like, sort of what Luke's trying to say in it anyway is, like, um, like maybe he doesn't think the Jedi should continue because of what the Jedi were. And then he wasn't able to kind of bring the kids up to like, like he didn't do it right. 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 But then, then Ray shows up and like, maybe Ray changes his mind, not by trying to convince him of anything, but just by being her. Right. And maybe he has some confidence in her, um, which, you know, I mean, my biggest issue with the last Jedi is just, I feel like Luke's defining moment in Return of the Jedi is his refusal to give up on his father. And so the thing that I hate so much in The Last Jedi, aside from like not really wanting to see a story of old Luke dying, um, is like that he gave up on Kylo, or that's how I see it anyway. Mm -hmm. He yeah. gave up on Ben, you know? And here, maybe, you know, maybe seeing Rey and being like, oh, well, you know, she has this, you know this darkness in her right in terms of like she she relates to the dark side of the force but maybe maybe she can sit with that and and um not not turn you know basically and not not end up going the way of of anakin and and ben and i don't know i it's <sighs> never mind <Yeah. laughs> no, I, I hear you and <clears throat> not to get back into this old debate but just to say one quick thing what you said about um, I've never heard you say quite so succinctly what it is about Luke's story that you don't believe and don't agree with. Mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> and I think that this, that that helps me because it may well be here that our different views of it are so different in part because of a different understanding. Because yeah. I walked away from Last Jedi feeling like the whole point of the three different versions of the story is that Luke did not give up on Kylo. Mm. He had a moment okay. of weakness just like right. he did in Return of the Jedi. 
that there mm-hmm. was the moment in Return of the Jedi where he did let his, you know, anger and his desire to protect his sister and all that cause him to like to start fighting to kill Vader. But that he was able to kind of pull himself back from that and be like, no, I don't want to kill Vader. I'm here to save him. And to me, that that's exactly mirrored by him having that one moment of like, maybe Kylo has to die and then pulling back again. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that, that I still hate it, but I, I get fair. you. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's go to another thing that I think uh, all three of us probably have pretty strong feelings on. But I know, Paul, I think you put this directly into the uh, outline because I know you've talked about it. Let's talk about C-3PO and how he gets handled in this story. So badly. <laughs> like, like Everyone's wiping so someone's mean. mind is killing them. Is killing the person that that person is. C-3PO and they was... Yeah, they didn't ahead. even give a shit. They were just right. like... He wakes up and he's like, oh, oh, no, right before. He's like, I just want to look at my friends one last time. And they don't even say anything. Oh, it's so bad. It's awful. Yeah. It's even like, down in the, the worm ugh. tunnels, he's like... Poe, or he's like, Finn, Ray, and in the background, he's like, I know you didn't say my name, but I'm okay. I'm like, jeez. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> this is something that uh, we've been talking about uh, with 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 you all, with with uh, Jacob Malichich, former co-host, who's, who's, uh, whose Twitter name is Bots Are People, too. He's very <laughs> yeah. dedicated to the idea of, like, robot rights, and, <clears throat> but also, like, with Riki and Sarah Hayashi on the Clone Wars episodes, like, clone life is never given any seriousness. Um, you know, even with the um, <clears throat> the Roger Roger droids, who I can't stand, like, the number of times that their suffering is played for comic relief is just really uncomfortable. And it's funny before what you're saying about Dio and how his sort of, like, desire not to be touched is, is respected. He's never mocked for it, which... Compare that to C-3PO's basic levels of, like, he's, he's paranoid. He has high levels of anxiety. And mm-hmm. that's never respected. It's constantly made fun of. It's presented as comedy to the audience. And it's, you know, Han Solo thinks it's hilarious and awful and has no problem, like, mocking him like crazy, as, do, as does Leia, as does everybody else. I, I feel like, to me, one of the hardest parts of that is that 3PO in the end does volunteer. He does say, like, I want to right. do this. But it, it also feels to me like no one was ever like, oh, no, three, you know, we can't do this unless you, uh, you know, they may play lip service to that. But like you said, they're, they're not say, they're not treating this like some impossible thing. If that story had been much more about like, no, we can't possibly do this. We can't do that to 3PO. It's not. And, and it being about because he's a person and his rights are important, his life is important instead of just, oh, but we need him for all his other skills and stuff. I think that scene could have gone very differently because then it is the guy who sort of is always never, who's never really seen as being important to the fight, being willing to make this incredible act of sacrifice to help the victory. Like that could be a great yeah. moment for him. But, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. but instead it's played as like, eh, his life doesn't really count. Oh, okay. He's going along with it. That's good. But eh, wink, wink, we're going to do it to him anyway. And then they throw in that line right before they do it. When he was like, actually, I have another idea. And then right, and then they anyway. just, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh yeah, I I agree with both of you so much. But on the other hand, like if Steve Rogers was there, maybe the Emperor would have ended up destroying half the universe. Oh god, yes. So I mean that's the thing. You know, like, I, there's a happy medium, yeah. though, right? When the person, like, when the person is willing to volunteer to trade lives, you trade fucking lives. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, in both in both instances, uh, agency was not really respected. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I, I don't think that's in in you know uh, Infinity War because uh, Vision isn't seen as a person. I think Vision is seen as a person much more than three PO is treated as a person here, but certainly yeah. isn't um, granted, you know, full agency. It's like, no, we can't do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's mm-hmm. Cap having the classic martyr complex of, like, I need to be a martyr, but I can't allow anyone else to do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought we were going to have a long conversation with 3PO, but I think there's just a general, like, yeah, it oh. sucked. It was terrible. No, it's just totally messed up. It's ridiculous. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll just kill one of our members, you know, one of our the main members of our party without really caring what they think about. And, you know, it. I mean, it's sort of like, I don't know. In the movie, there's this, like, casual destruction of a planet, too. Like, oh, we'll just blow oh, yeah. up the planet. Oh. <laughs> like, whatever. And, like, I kind of hate that. Like, the whole, like, ca- you know, the, the whole thing about blowing up planets is so ridiculous. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you, you want to rule what exactly? <laughs> like... If you blow up all the planets, there's nothing left to rule. Like, well, but as you, you established, know. there's literally thousands and thousands of thousands of planets that all have the perfect living conditions. For right, exactly. So I guess no big loss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I just hated the you know the like oh yeah they're just gonna kill three PO whatever you know yeah. Do they Nobody give him really his cared. memories back? Yeah. By the end? Okay. Yeah. R two. You know. Deus ex machina. Literally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> literally. Actually, no, I yeah, think that's exactly. machina ex machina. <laughs> Right, Machina ex Machina, you're right, right? It's, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. And that like, I'm glad you brought up the Alderaan thing, because to me the other part of that is the fact that like an hour or two in their lives later, you uh-huh. know, no, I mean, like one or two days later, Leia is now consoling Luke because he lost his mentor when she lost four billion of her, you know, fellow people. <laughs> like, it, it, right. there's so much wrong with all that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, by the way, my entire planet was just blown up, mm-hmm. you know. But let's talk about your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that covers the, the main kind of topics I wanted to hit on. I, I guess oh, one other thing is, um, so there's one last topic I want to get into, which is the Empire, uh, the Emperor returning. That obviously mm-hmm. was the big thing that was teased uh, in the uh, trailers and stuff. And then you know, the, the opening crawl tells us it's going to happen. And it became the center part of the story what was your take on how that storyline went down i don't understand any of what they were doing in there i didn't know how he came back i didn't know who those people were working on him i didn't know where he got his new like army from i don't know who those people were in the stands so i don't know (laughs) you know it was just it was a lot of stuff that didn't make sense but i thought he looked cool and i thought his powers were cool but even how he handled like the two be two two becomes one thing like it, none of it made any sense. Yeah. Yeah, as as like a as a villain in a solo movie or returning in a sequel that doesn't have any relevance to canon in in my mind, um, thought it was fine, and I think you know he's an enjoyable villain. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, on the other hand, it's like you know that loop was closed. And now we're reopening it. But that's like the whole thing that the, you know, sequel trilogy is doing anyway. Is basically being like, yeah, everything that happened, like, we're just going to just redo that kind of. Yeah. 
and like maybe have some you know some different takes on stuff but like ultimately not that different not that different yeah you know but some stuff like the whole you know the stuff in the last jedi which which is stuff that like if it didn't have the stuff that i really didn't like i could have maybe gotten into a lot but like it just it this felt like you know the force awakens jj abrams was like so we're gonna remake a new hope and then the last jedi was ryan johnson being like okay we're gonna do something totally (laughs) different and then this movie was J.J. Abrams being like, okay, we're going to remake Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, let, like, we really need another strike me down. Like, we couldn't figure out a different way to have this happen. Right. It's and let's also and be honest. Do we believe him? Like. Oh, yeah. What if she just struck him down? Like, we, we don't <laughs> so know true. that his you know, spirit would have gone into her. Like, I don't know. I, so many I was very questions. curious about that. Yeah. He could be lying. I, I don't trust him. I definitely agree there that, like, it felt so contrived. It felt so pointless. Like I said, I hated that it was you know, undoing everything Anakin had done. And the extent to which, like, it also just, it, like, they never explained anything about Snoke except, like, Palpatine was sort of behind Snoke. And you saw, if you, like, look very carefully in some of the cloning chambers, like, I, I had to read this because I certainly never noticed it, and I've seen the movie four oh, yeah, times yeah. now. Oh, I noticed uh, the Snoke. Yeah, it was like little yeah. Snokes in the cloning chambers and things like. But like, it's never, mm-hmm. it's never said. You know, it's right. Yeah, and I think in some ways, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying, Paul. I think kind of in a meta way, my sense is that the prequels were so badly received. And in fairness, it turns out that like young people did really like those movies, and because certainly a mm-hmm. lot of people who are now like in their tw- uh, late teens, twenties, even sometimes early thirties who grew up in those movies and the way that I grew up in the original movies, love them a lot more than I gave credit for. And I, I'm glad so much content's being created. But obviously, I mean, in terms of like the overall reception, the prequels were widely rejected. And I get that... Primarily, though, by the people who had really enjoyed the original trilogy, I think. Right. But I think especially because this was pre-internet, that meant most of the yeah. critics, and so that that was kind of the dominant mm. conversation because there wasn't, okay, yeah. there weren't people making TikToks about "screw the critics, I love this movie." Right, right. And, there were just kids enjoying it. Right. I mean, Lucas had literally like given up on wanting to be part of this anymore because of like how much people right. didn't like his vision. It, it, my point being, so I feel like Force Awakens needed to be very, very close to the original material mm-hmm. to to win back people's trust. I, I wish it hadn't been quite so close, close, but. Right, but yeah, after that, you could have just gone in new ways, and mm-hmm. even if this like one small thing that probably would have made me like this movie a lot more, and I think could have been basically the same movie, if it was like some other Sith Lord who had been like, mm. you know, his followers on Exegol had come back and, uh, you know, cloned from like his like DNA somewhere and brought back like Darth, Darth Bane or like some yeah, some yeah, random yeah. Sith Lord from oh. a thousand years ago. But wait, who voiced Darth Bane in the Clone Wars? <laughs> who did? I don't know. It was Mark Hamill. Oh, that's right. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that would have been amazing. That, yeah, that would have been so good. But yeah, I mean, oh man, now I'm now I'm just angry we didn't get that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like it, it didn't have to be Palpatine. It could have been any other Sith Lord who came back. Because now they have to face a new threat, and now there's a sense of like, now you can get into the idea of this is cyclical. Like, yes. Palpatine was the worst example of the Sith that anyone's ever seen for a thousand years, and he's been destroyed. But it's not done. It's not over. Like, right. there's always going to be dark side yeah. users. There's always going to be light side users, and maybe he's not Sith. Like, yeah, you could have gone so many other directions with that. And I thought, 
making it Palpatine both it erased all the stuff from the past and it also just it it just like felt like it utterly refused to tie up any of the loose ends that yes Johnson had set up and I, I think that's in the end I don't know if I can blame Johnson or Adams but I certainly blame the their bosses who didn't think they needed an overall plan because that just to me I'll, I'll even say this, that maybe I'm overly harsh on this movie because this movie basically was the train wreck caused by The Force Awakens and Last Jedi going in totally different directions. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You know, and, and I think it's the sort of thing where, look, when you make a great movie... It's not one person, right? Yeah. We can say, oh, this was this one person's vision or whatever. And that can be true, but like that it was their vision, but it was not their work bringing that vision to life, right? It was the right. work of literally hundreds of people, uh, maybe thousands when it's movies on this scale. Mm -hmm. And often even the creative team, it's maybe one person has the driving vision, but a lot of other people will give input and, and it'll come together. In, in it can come together in a very beautiful way. Similarly, when you have, you know, a disaster, um, a train wreck, it the blame I think very rarely should fall is going to fall squarely on on one person's shoulders. It's just there was not a successful collaboration, right? right. And that's that's because of a bunch of people. And you know, those same people can make great things and make things that are, you know, not so great. Yeah. And and that that happens. And here it feels like there were a lot of people involved and they weren't they couldn't all get together on the same page and to what extent that was, you know, the primary people writing the screenplays and to what extent that was executives, I mean, we'll probably never know right. for sure, but it's like, yeah, it's just like that's what happened. Yeah. This is what we got and I can enjoy the pretty parts of this movie and some of the, you know, cool moments. And, you know, and some people maybe not as much and we can kind of like take what we like and I'm not going to watch this movie again soon. Yeah. You know, I, I will but... certainly say this. And I, I remember I asked you if if um, Luke showing up in Mandalorian would have this effect for you. And I think you said it probably didn't with Last Jedi and that's fine. Seeing Ahsoka come back, seeing Grogu, mm -hmm. seeing the many ways they're there, I, I think picking up on the plot lines about the problems with the Jedi that Last Jedi set up makes the, right. makes Rise of Skywalker. Mm -hmm. Ha! I said the name right. I've not said it wrong. All, I don't think <laughs> made this a lot easier to watch because I was able mm -hmm. to even more so be like, yeah, this is just a random space opera. Star Wars has not abandoned Ryan Johnson's visions. It's being played out in these other things. So I can just not even enjoy, but at least, you know, tolerate and, and have fun with the fun scenes in this movie. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, um, yeah, you might think that. I, I just, I, I, I just, I just can't watch. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. That's, but that's fair. fine. It's <laughs> like fine. I, said, I, I, I just want. That it's okay. That's why I didn't want to be on the podcast of it though, yeah. because I was like, you know what? I don't have a lot good to say about it. So like, y'all do an episode <laughs> about the things you liked and some of the things you didn't like, and like when Rise of Skywalker comes around, like I'll say some of those things because they inform kind of how. I enjoyed this movie in a way that I, I might not have if I really loved The Last Jedi because it is definitely incongruous. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was... I just think it's funny. You were like, 
it was so you didn't like it so much that it didn't really matter what Rise of Skywalker was like because you went in with just zero expectations. Yeah, it was, you know, <laughs> if if I ever watch, like, the new Dexter, which I don't plan to, but if I do, it'll be, like, whatever. It'll be what it is because, for me, the, that shit ended after, like, season three season or three. four. Season three. <laughs> after season three. That's, like, that's the end of Dexter for me. Yeah. I First agree. three seasons, brilliant. And then from there, just, like, kind of steadily just, yeah, okay. No I, I mean, I think it's not coincidence that, like, Luke is your favorite character from original movies. Han Solo is my favorite. And I'm not going <laughs> to be on the Han Solo podcast probably for the exact same reasons. Because yeah, absolutely. that's one that I just, I can't find any positive in it. And, it, like, mm-hmm. I think it's entirely possible that if that was a r- totally random space heist movie, it'd be a great movie. Like, there's a lot of things I didn't like about it. Or at least fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. Danny Glover, uh, Donald Glover Jr. as Lando Carlosian is, I think, the sexiest man to ever appear on Star Wars and also just a fantastic performance. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> great. But I still hate that, that movie so much. I sure. didn't mind Dan Aries Targaryen in there either. She was fine. Yeah. And also, bring, bring it back, though, in terms yeah, of acting, sure I will say, I think you're right, Paul, that there's so much that it's hard to say who went wrong with this. And mm-hmm. there are things like in the Clone Wars, for example, like we always mock the all the various romance lines that Anakin says. And I think Hayden Christensen's a very bad actor, but it's possible that he was just badly directed or it was just a horrible script. It was clearly a horrible script. It's, a horrible it's hard script. to kind of know. <laughs> I don't have any of that feeling with this. I don't know if it's bad dialogue or bad writing or bad story, but I do think that all the major actors, um, but but especially, uh, probably this is all of it, but like Ray, Finn, Poe, I thought all of them gave very solid acting performances, even if the direction their like the direction their character went, I was frustrated with, but it had nothing to do with the acting of the characters, of the actors. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, and and I mean, I think from like a technical perspective, I feel like the writing is better in this than in the uh, in the prequel trilogy i just yeah. think george lucas doesn't write very good dialogue yeah no, he does you not. know and like comes up with really good stories and then when he handed them off more in the original trilogy i think you know Lawrence kasdan and whoever else um i can't remember off the top of my head but uh, you know just did did a little better with the you know the actual writing dialogue and you know you get a little you get a little improvisation from harrison ford <laughs> and you get a, 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 a memorable line yeah. I think it's very true. I know. All right. I think it's probably... I know. <laughs> What'd you say? Did Paul I, say I know? I said I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. I think it's probably a good place to start wrapping up. Uh, any other kind of last made big points or questions either of you wanted to bring up? No. I, I feel like... I feel like it's not too difficult of a movie to... to, to pick apart Mm -hmm. it's like they tried to make all these little interesting side stories and this and that but then they didn't end up going anywhere so you just kind of ignore them and and then you'd have a pretty flat you know normal ending as long as you just don't think about like well that doesn't make sense or this doesn't make sense if you ignore all that it's a pretty simple movie (laughs) yeah it's kind of like a straight line kind of enjoyable ride to me you know where it's Mm -hmm. like okay let's just see where this goes and, you know, I enjoyed it, I'd yeah, say, yeah. but, like, don't have a lot of, like, really big feelings about it. Um, yeah. A lot of thoughts, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But not a bunch of big feelings. And, um, yeah, 
I'll just I'll have my closing thought be just one line that I enjoyed where where Ray was saying to the stormtroopers like it's fine that we're here and they're like oh it's it's fine that we're here and um, I think um, I think Poe Poe says it to Finn that's what uh-huh. I have written down like does she do that to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> which I I, I appreciate it because like yeah if you're around someone with mind control powers like. It's reasonable to wonder whether they have used them on you in the past, you know, oh, and whether yeah. you would remember. Especially because remember, <laughs> remember. Poe has grown up hearing all the legends and stories of the great Jedi Knight, um, Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. who won the first war. But but probably like, Luke was gone by the time he was a kid, certainly by the time he joined the Rebellion. And I think, yeah, it makes sense that Poe didn't live any of that. He doesn't have that experience. And so this Jedi right. Ray is probably the first, you know... Uh, Leia uh, has to su- is to some extent kind of reclaiming her force powers, but I don't think she was using them much around him or anything like that. So yeah, right. I think for me, the, the kind of ways I can wrap it up is actually going back to Ashley. You and the the guys from the MCU cast recently did a podcast on the the best villains, and there's a a, a thread that's been started uh, about it um, on on the Facebook group where I think people are kind of making some pretty off the wall assertions about that there is kind of one definition of like what is the best villain or something like that. It's an inha- and I think right. it's an inherently subjective term. And I think for me, this movie as well as this conversation is really helping me clarify that because I, I feel like Star Wars especially, more so maybe than any other series, is one where I, I can very clearly distinguish what I think is the objective best and worst and what are my overall favorites and least favorites? Mm. Because I think right. from an objective movie-making standpoint, this is absolutely not the worst. The dialogue is, right. is believable and fairly decent. The plot is utterly off-the-wall bonkers, but no worse than any Fast and Furious movie or like, you know, uh, or at least the last bunch of Fast and Furious movies or any other of a, you know, it's no worse than a James Bond movie or anything like that. Um, right. You know, and, like, a lot of the romance stuff, I mean, it's all just tropes. And it's tropes that, like, yeah, these movies... And the acting is really good, and the fight scenes are pretty good. In ways that I feel like, you know, Attack of the Clones, to me especially, but you can label one or two of the others, are just objectively worse in so many other ways. In the same way that, like, I don't think Last Jedi is the objectively best. I think Last Jedi has some plotting problems. I think the Canto bite scene is just incredibly heavy-handed and that there's some other plot holes that that needed to be filled in but it's probably my favorite i think rogue one is the best with last jedi being my favorite and empire strikes back being like the the best fusion of the two Mm -hmm. and i think for me of the skywalker movies i'm not even gonna count solo because it's I I like the ho- I like the Star Wars holiday special more than I like Solo. But I think for me though this is far and away my least favorite because it is and it's the one that I I I don't want to say I was like angry like you know it is still at the end of the day just a movie but like I was very upset man I don't even say very upset. I was as much as you can get over a movie of a sort like I I was really unhappy coming out of Rise of Skywalker in a way that very often, like, I went to go see World of Warcraft, which is, makes Attack of the Clones look like cinematic gold. I mean, it's just an appallingly bad movie. And I laughed at it the whole time because I wasn't invested in it in any way. And I think I just, you know, as a fan for whom these stories have been a part of my life for 40 years, it, it just broke my heart in that kind of a way. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, it's to me, I think like you say those words and I'm so hesitant about them because I think immediately what that makes people think is like, oh, toxic fan. Like, go. No, I, I never emailed, you know, right. Uh, uh, J.J. Abrams or any of those people. I never did. I didn't even go online and like rant about it, except in like our own friend groups and stuff. And I think yeah. it's okay to be brokenhearted about the things you really love turning out in very different ways, without being toxic about it. So, so yeah, I th- yeah, I agree. I think that's where I I want it being of like, I don't think it's objectively the worst. I think objectively it's not terrible, but I just think in terms of my own personal feelings, it's it's absolutely my least favorite. I mean, I feel like you're kind of raining on my schadenfreude here. But... I'm sorry. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, I, I, you know, you were kind of stepping away from words like anger and upset, I think because it's so easy to um, kind of connect those to the toxicity of... Like, it's not the anger about yeah. a piece of fiction that's the problem. You know, it's not getting upset, in my view, you know, it's not getting upset that a story doesn't do what you want it to. That's the problem. It's as a result of that anger and upsetness um, being abusive towards other yeah. people, right? Mm-hmm. Which you're clearly not doing. You you, you wouldn't do yeah. that, right? And I it's deleted the like tweets, people... <laughs> right. Kidding, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, but like, it's like, I think it's fine and healthy to express like, I really didn't like this thing. It it made me angry. Like yeah. the end of Dexter made me angry. Like yeah. I felt like the story betrayed the characters. And I also just thought it was like stupid and not very thoughtful and not particularly courageous, but like probably thought it was being kind of edgy. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't email the creators about it, you know, like whatever, they're moving on. They're going to do their next thing. And like, I don't really like criticizing things too much. Like if there isn't anything I like about it, unless it's like criticizing, like, Hey, I think this is actually harmful because it's painting, you know, a very damaging um, stereotype, stuff like that. Right. But I, I think like expressing, you know, like what you just did basically, but even possibly stronger, but just like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, the same way I think, you know, me expressing like that I really didn't like the the last Jedi. It to me it felt like it betrayed a character that I loved. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not going to like go I'm going to say that on a podcast, but I'm not going to yeah. like make it my life's mission to make Ryan Johnson miserable, like <laughs> whatever, you know, like yeah. and and you know, so I I think it's like, you know, we can <laughs> Much like Ray can, like you know, tap into some <laughs> Great some way of the of dark side energy. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> like we can recognize that we have these emotions, like these emotions, these feelings, these reactions to fiction. They're valid, right? And generally, the the things that upset me are things that I really care about. Yeah. Right. If there's something I really don't care about, it's like whatever. You could do whatever you want, and like I'm, I'm just. I probably won't watch it, but like I'll start watching it and be like, eh, whatever, and I'll be done with it. But it's like you care so much about the Star Wars universe and The Last Jedi really spoke to you and in an important way. And the fact that this movie went in such a different direction, I think it's unfortunate that we didn't get one cohesive trilogy that, you know, stood on its own. Yeah. You know, it was it too much, I think it was playing off of what went before but couldn't decide whether it wanted to play into that or kind of play away from it you know like kind of subvert expectations or pay off expectations and at the end i 
doubt anybody felt super satisfied except for you know i'm sure there's some people who just don't care so much about some of the stuff we care about and they're like you know all the movies have like pretty lightsaber fights and like some good action and you know (laughs) if that's the main thing you want you know i like Cool, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. We have a good friend from high school who liked Attack of the Clones. I remember you and I just looking in bafflement as he described it. But Yep, that, that was one of the people I was thinking of in my mind right now when I was thinking, like, they probably like all the Star Wars movies, and that's fine. Like, you know, I would like to like them all, but I don't, and that's fine too. I feel like that's why I like all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you're it the other person I was thinking yeah, of. I'm you know, really like, easy to just get, you know, I'm like, okay, that's really dumb. Like, I, I can't watch the first one, but then the, the right. Phantom Menace has that amazing fight scene at the end. So I will sit through that whole dumb movie for it just to get to that scene for 15 minutes to be like, oh, yeah, I love this. I love this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just just watch that scene. Like, don't yeah. listen to all the racist stereotypes or, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, I didn't. I actually think I love the fact that you both said that because I, I think, Paul, everything you said is correct. And you're right. I think I'm, I'm shying away from it because I don't want to be associated with the toxicity. Because I, it's one thing, honest, one more reason I hate the toxicity is I feel like it's made it not okay to passionately care about things like this. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, these movies are things I watched since I was like, I, I do not remember a time when I had not watched Star Wars. Like it is just something right. that's always been a part of my life. And this is or I, uh, the first time I, I don't know, you know, the the first time that the entity that was me was in some way present when the movie was playing was my mother went to see it when she was pregnant with me. Like it's been like that right. forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that part of what you all, what you both just said, but especially actually what you said, is the other part of it. It's not just the I don't want to be seen as toxic. It's that one direction of that is I sometimes feel like the fans who say those things. There's a very entitled nature to it of I have loved this character for 40 years. And so you, Mr. Director and writer, it is your job to to cater to me and my desire to see these movies go in the ways that they want them to go. I can be disappointed that the prequels didn't tell the story that I thought they were going to tell based on the original movies and that they told some parts I thought quite badly. I can be disappointed and so can you with how Last Jedi or Rise of Skywalker uh, turned out. But I don't think that in any way negates the the millions of fans who didn't care about any of that stuff and love these movies mm-hmm. or who thought that this was the you know greatest statement about the Jedi that you could ever make in terms of how Rey wound up. And I... Yeah, well, that's fair, too. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And, and I, but I think that's the important part is that it's, it's I think... I'm glad that we can kind of reclaim that space of being able to say like, yeah, I, this meant a lot to me and I felt betrayed and upset, but that doesn't mean they have to be toxic. And, but even more importantly, I'm never going to tell someone else that they're wrong for liking this movie. If they're close with me and I have that kind of relationship, I might make fun of them a little bit for it, but I'm never going to tell a (laughs) random person on the internet, like you're wrong for liking that movie or even worse. You're not a true star Wars fan for liking that movie. Right. And I, I appreciate Paul. Like again, I wouldn't expect you to ever do it. I know you're never the person who would say like, oh, you don't understand Luke Skywalker the way I do if you like Last Jedi or anything like that. I think it's the same thing here. Like, these movies mean a lot to me. I wanted something particular out of them. This is not it by any means. I think it's okay for those of us who didn't like it to get upset about that. And I think it's okay for those who liked it to like it. And that can be because you love the deep philosophy or because, like, space battles are fun to watch and lightsabers are fun to watch. And, like, 
cool, wisecracking lines are great. And Billy D. Williams is amazing. It was so good to see oh. him come back. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> With his, like, three uh, on your left moments, basically. Yes. Like it's it's funny. So, I, I didn't so even get to it, but Will Freeland. one of the movies, one of the moments I hated most because again, it felt like such a rejection of Last Jedi. Was Last Jedi put out the call like everyone, you got to come with us. No one came. Here, it felt like nothing had changed. They just did it again, but this time, you know, it's not a a fleet. It's just a bunch of people with ships. Yeah. I hated that moment because of how much it like made no sense with Last Jedi. But it was also a beautiful, wonderful moment, and Billy D. Williams sold the hell out of it. And yeah, so, yeah. well, they, they didn't have Lando, right? You need Lando. Yeah, you gotta have Lando. <laughs> you need Lando to get things done. <laughs> I know it's not fully and to catch you if you're falling off Star Destroyer, and to get you out of a festival in the desert yeah. where you're being hunted by stormtroopers. I know they haven't confirmed it yet, but if the land, if the Lando series that's being talked about is going to be with um, Donald Glover playing. Young Lando, while Billy D. Williams narrates, oh, that would be just so oh, perfect for that'd me. That'd be cool. Yes, yes. <laughs> now, and are we supposed to think that that stormtrooper's his daughter? Oh, I have such well, strong feelings oh, about she's this. Not a Given that there's like three black people in the Star Wars universe, <laughs> so yeah, right. Like I was like, what's what? I, I got that they were insinuating that, and then I was just like, but why? Okay, I, whatever. I feel like I hated that they did it that way without drawing a stronger connection because again like Paul you said it's like the, oh well you're black I'm black there's so few of us in this universe maybe Finn's your brother yeah. who knows but on the other side Billy D. Williams is just such a I think he could read the phone book and it would come off flirtatiously like that's right yeah. energy. yes that too and so to have yeah. him like oh hey young attractive woman let's you and I go on an adventure together you kind of need to have a big flashing he's not hitting on her we promise line or else it just comes yeah. off creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, is again part of why he's a fantastic actor, I but I, I'm <laughs> guessing that's why they kind of made that insinuation. I wish they'd either like given a little more plot reason for us to think that or just like had the actors like connect in a way that didn't come off as potentially flirtatious. Yeah. Is it that problematic if they're flirtatious? No. Necessarily? <sighs> Maybe she's in the older dudes. <laughs> I've gotten the long exhale. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't know if it would be necessarily problematic. I think, again, if you developed it for quite a while, it would really work. I think if it's Londo wandering over to the attractive woman he hasn't met before because he's doing with her exactly what he did with Leia 30 years ago. And then this person's the same age that Leia was then. I think all of that is where it's just like, oh, this just feels a little creepy. Can like, mm-hmm. I think they could have made it a connection that could have maybe even leaned romantic. You'd have to kind of jump through some hoops, but I think they could have made that in a way that didn't come off as too problematic. But with as little right, time Right, but they clearly didn't it, put the work in. What'd you say? They clearly didn't put the work yeah. in. Yeah, I think that's... which. Okay. I mean, I think that could just be the subtitle of this episode, right? Like, <laughs> they didn't yeah. put the work in. That I is, think that's yeah. it. All right. I think that's that's where we yeah. end it. <laughs> well, uh, all three of us are putting the work in on a number of awesome projects. Yeah. Uh, although I'm not putting much work on segues, apparently. <laughs> but uh, Ashley, what are you doing these days? Um, we have at the MCU cast extended Loki day is what I'm pretty much calling it. <laughs> where we do the live watch of Loki, I believe. I'm going to go Eastern, so that starts at 6 p.m. Eastern, 
um, a live cast 7 p.m. Eastern on Twitch and then right into trivia. Awesome. Yeah, I, I've, I've been really enjoying your uh, your guys' discussions about that, and trivia's a really fun night as well. Definitely check all that out. That's on twitch.tv, Stranded Panda. And uh, for the live watch, you can find the information on that. If you join the Stranded Panda chat group on Facebook or go to the website, you'll get all that kind of information. Uh, Paul, what are you doing these days? I am streaming on Twitch myself at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern every morning because it's 10 a.m. Eastern here, uh, Western Pacific. Yeah, uh, this is this is not going well. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, you sound like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I gotta go somewhere soon. Um, but yeah, twitch.tv slash zenmadman is uh, where I can be found. And I only need a handful more followers to um, gloriously reach uh, affiliate status on Twitch. And then, I don't know, maybe I'll talk about some of this stuff on there sometime nice. if people have interest in that. Yeah, well, and just completing the trifecta, I'm also now doing a bunch of stuff on uh, twitch.tv. Uh, all my stuff is under the Ethical Panda. And it's very connected to what Paul's doing. I'm also doing a poker stream, but um, Paul is quite an expert. I'm I'm decent. I'm trying to get a lot better with uh, Paul as my mentor and, and tutor. But my podcast is I'm going to be playing poker, and every now and then I'll talk to you a little bit about poker. Not as an expert, but someone who knows a good deal, uh, but also very open to your suggestions and comments. But mostly I'm going to talk about issues like this. Like I did a, a stream uh, earlier, as Paul said, where I talked about The Last Jedi, I did one on queer representation and thing in, in media. Uh, the most recent one I did was on uh, time travel and Loki and how I was concerned that uh, the TV show Loki was going to do some of the like time stream logic stuff that never makes sense to me. Thank God they're not doing that. No one's arguing about that on MCU <laughs> casts or anything. Um, very proud of the fact. No, we didn't fight at all. This very week. proud of the fact that the Stranded Panda group has been... Uh, very deep in arguments, and I had nothing to do with it. Like, Schadenfreude <laughs> up the wazoo. But yeah, um, like Paul, I would love for to get more followers. Uh, more followers can help me uh, also kind of get to the point where you can bring in a little bit of money to help pay for all this stuff. Paul and I have done some collaborations where he's come on my podcast to talk to me about those issues as well as talk to me about poker. We're going to do a lot more of that kind of stuff. So please drop a follow to all three of those Twitch channels, Stranded Panda TV, or actually, is it Stranded Panda TV or is it Stranded Panda? TV. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, Stranded, yeah. go to Twitch TV, twitch.tv, search for Stranded Panda slash. TV. Yeah, that's a slash in there. Right, yeah, right. but if you just go to twitch.tv and then search for, type into the search, that'll work too. Um, yeah. But yeah, Stranded Panda. And you can follow for free, but then you can actually give money to by subscribing. Yes. And you can uh, search for Stranded Panda TV or The Ethical Panda or zen madman that's how you get all three of us definitely check all those out if you can follow you can even follow and then turn on notifications just, just turn off notifications just so that we can help boost up our numbers great way to support all it is helpful say again i said it is helpful yes. uh great way to support all the things that's going on there and then of course you can find all if you've got thoughts on this podcast we'd love to hear them love to know do you love this movie did you hate it what did you think uh you can find all the feedback is just by going to the ethical panda you can search for Ethical Panda on Facebook, on Twitter. Email us at theethicalpanda at gmail.com or just go to theethicalpanda.com for the website. And of course, this podcast is a proud member of the Stranded Panda podcast community. That's where the MCU cast that Ashley is on, uh, you're basically a host at this point, um, uh, <laughs> is on all the time. There's also great podcasts about, uh, I do one on ethical 
on ethical questions in this kind of media that Paul and Ashley have both been on a bunch called uh, Superhero Ethics. There's other great podcasts about Star Trek and about um, all kind of other like universes. There's other, lots of great stuff on there. Check it out, strandedpanda.com. So I'm having myself, Ashley, Paul. Oh, and I should say um, uh, my Twitch uh, channel. Uh, I'm trying to establish a schedule. It is generally going to be Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at 10.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 p.m. my time. Uh at the moment, it is Sunday night at 9.37 p.m. So this night, I'm going to be a few minutes late, but I'm probably going to hang up with you all, get some water, and then go right on stream. So check it out. Check out the other two podcasts. Check out the other two streams. Check out all of our podcasts. Check it all out. And most importantly, this is a terrible movie. But have a great day. <laughs> hey! I can't I don't do know, it. Like, made the force be- oh, were you trying to do Babu Frick or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>